Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Therapists Uncensored. This is a podcast that breaks down interpersonal science into practical and understandable tidbits. And as you listen, I can just imagine little light bulbs of insight appearing above your head. You're going to be surprised and touched at what you learn about yourself as you get more accurate and in-depth view of your mind and your heart and as you figure out those close to you. Therapist Uncensored brings you decades of experience with interpersonal psychotherapy, relational neuroscience, modern attachment, and anything else they think will be helpful in healing humans. Now, here are your co-hosts, Dr. Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott. Hey, you know one of the things I've been thinking about? We have done this course, and we on this podcast we teach a lot about the big picture of what attachment looks like and when you get into trouble with attachment. But we haven't really broken it down into like some of the very specific things because people can kind of go, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I kind of, I'm a little blue or I'm a little red. But why don't we deep dive into just one single habit of insecure attachment? Let's talk about the habit of how we use judgment. Judgment of ourselves It's one of my favorite feelings, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Being judgmental. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Somebody that I know uh, talks about smugness as their favorite, one of their favorite feelings. So, Who doesn't want to feel righteous? Who doesn't want to feel righteous? My gosh, you're wrong. I'm right. How can they do that? Oh, my God. What an idiot. Come on. It's pleasurable. It so is, especially when we need that, right? Like, so what is the role of judgment? We talk about it when we're in a blue state, we use judgment. We're in a red state. So blue talk- state meaning kind of more of the dismissive avoidant style of handling our feeling of threat. So basically, again, quick review, every human being on this earth has a system to manage threat. It's simple. You either upregulate or you downregulate. What we call blue is when you downregulate, when you upregulate, where you want to fight flight. High sympathetic. We is call high that. sympathetic is the red. So go ahead. I love how you're putting it when we're in an insecure state. It could be we're in the red, high sympathetic experience, or in the blue. Judgment is a, is a way that we protect ourselves. So we have to judge every day, right? We we're to, judging all the time. Right. You guys are judging how Ann and I are doing right now. <laughs> I mean, well, you might be judging positively, which is cool. Or they might be saying, get to the point. <laughs> That's right. So get to the point. <laughs> what about judgment? We have to judge every day what's safe, what's not safe. So uh-huh. we're making opinions and perspectives, but... The kind of judgment we're talking about is the kind you're teasing about, Sue, the kind of judgment where we either get super self-righteous about other people or other experiences, or we get a lot of self-criticism. Everybody judges, but some of us tend to judge more than others. And if you tend to find yourself judging others a lot, the chances are you judge yourself a great deal, even if you don't recognize it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that somebody who is critical of other people is not hard to track back that they probably have very high standards for themselves, very highly critical of themselves, and then everybody's an extension of that. And so people can't quite keep up. So why do we use judgment? We were talking about it in terms of insecurity. And judgment is a form of self-protection. And I really think it's important to remember that because we can be around people who are highly judgmental and we just want to eye roll them. 
especially because we want to judge them for being judgmental. But if we, <laughs> if we stop to think about or, it. Or I can judge myself for, for judging myself, you know, <laughs> like, don't be so judgmental of yourself, Sue. Your body's awesome. <laughs> that does happen a lot. We judge ourselves for being critical of ourselves, right? Like I can't stop myself from being critical of myself. I'm, so- no, I, I'm sorry, I keep teasing, but you're actually making an important point, which is that it does have to do with threat, some of what you're Right. Doing. It has to do with the experience of threat. We constantly have to feel that our env- environment's safe, but we forget that our bodies have to feel threat. And oftentimes, especially when we get self-righteous, which we all do at some point in the other. But if you stop to experience what's going on in self-righteousness, literally, like you said, it's a great feeling, especially for anger to go, I am right, everyone's wrong. But what's happening is it actually disconnects us from what, if we slow down, might feel like a very threatening experience in our own body. So to think of judgment as a self-protection is a really important concept because you can actually have self-compassion for yourself and other people. So stop to think about the last time you or when you are extremely judgmental of somebody. If you slow that down, what's underneath that? It's going to be highly likely something that feels very threatening to you. Oftentimes it's because we really relate to what it is we're judging. Yeah, this is hard because I'm having dual different reaction. But so first I'm going to join you, which is that Typically, what we want to stamp out in other people are things that we have had to stamp out in ourselves or that were stamped out of us. So it's not safe for me to feel vulnerable. So when somebody is crying, I'm eye rolling and judging them for being a big baby or whatever it is. And just to slow down on that experience, you're eye rolling. If you slow down, what threat would you experience in your body if you were to actually connect to that experience of sadness? Right. So that is actually very interesting because a lot of times when we're in that state, there's not a lot going on Mm -hmm. other than the judgment. So even as you say that, and I think if I'm really in the state of not being connected and judging, I mean, that's a pretty fortified defense. It is so fortified. I love that word. And we don't realize it as defense, especially because when we talk about it on the blue side, we've probably, in that example, cut off our fear of that emotional expression. And it is so fortified. We don't feel anything. We just feel self-righteous. And it's very satisfying. Right. Because the truth is that we're all made of the same stuff. We're all pink inside, as they say. And there's not much in the entire world that given the wrong circumstances or the right circumstances or whatever you want to call it, that we wouldn't be doing potentially what the person is that we're judging, you know? Like, there's not really a truth of this goodness and badness, except I think at times we can get so caught up in not being judgmental that we don't call out something that needs to be called out. No, I think that's a really good point. I think that as in any aspect, if we have too much of something, we got to look at it. And if we have no ability to create a judgment, sometimes that's an indication that we can't have a sense of self. And that's a sense of threat, right? Like to judge somebody as that feels off is so threatening in ourselves. Yeah. So as you're presenting, it's not that it's pathological, but it's information, it's information and sometimes having high judgment is really important. It's, it's information that's protective, but it's something to explore, yes. right? Like if you find yourself feeling judgmental every once in a while around 
those that are really harming other people, et cetera? Or do you find yourself walking around judgmental of most people, finding most people kind of irrelevant, idiots? idiots and <laughs> But again, we spoke about a little bit of this on the narcissism scale, is to think about that as more of a self-protection rather than just an obnoxious quality. Like when everybody needs to be an idiot, that individual feels pretty scared inside but can't acknowledge it. But what we're talking about here is recognizing that you're feeling that if that is your tendency. Right. So there's a saying that when something's being judged, it tells you more about the judger than the thing being judged. But boy, it feels terrible to be the one that's the subject of judgment. Oh, it really does. It really does. And then we start to think about like, there's so many different things you can be protecting yourself from. That sense is protecting yourself from intimacy, right? If everybody's idiots, then you have a reason for not becoming close to them or not relying on them or not counting on anybody because there's this fear of counting on somebody and having an intimate relationship. Then there's the other side, and that could be this fear of vulnerability. As long as I can judge what you're doing that hurts me, I can keep you away from me. To judge you is to keep you at a distance, then you can't hurt me and I don't feel vulnerable. And so it can be a healthy, very healthy protection. So I don't want at all portray that all judgment's bad, but to explore it. So for the example of the fear of vulnerability, it might be easier to tell people what they're doing wrong. Right. Right. Like, especially, yeah, if you lean red, you'll recognize this for sure. Yeah. Clearly say you are doing this and wrong and, and have high judgment and tell somebody what they're doing wrong, but what that could be protecting you from is instead of telling somebody what they're doing wrong, saying what's going on inside you. Yeah, I'm scared you're going to leave. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I'm afraid you're losing interest. Or whatever kind of is that more raw underneath versus like, you never call and you didn't do this. But the accusations that we can come up with, which are many, there's a need underneath. And I think what you're inviting people to do is to slow down and to try to check and try to find what that need is. And boy, is it hard to do when you when that's active. It was so hard is because self-righteousness feels so satisfying in the moment because it's so self-protective. And there's always a grain of truth. I mean, when we're feeling self-righteous, we're going to find the part that's true. This person hasn't called. This person does continuously come late, but we're not finding our own vulnerability around that. So one of the ways to look at it, so like, what do you do with this, right? In some ways, think about the difference between we're all going to have judgments, but do we stand in righteousness? I like to say we visit righteousness. We just really need to watch living there, right? (laughs) Go ahead and visit. But then what is it about that behavior that is creating what's going on inside you. So how do you turn righteousness into relationality? Well, it really makes me think, just recently we saw the movie Harriet, which is the story of Harriet Tubman. So basically the gist of it is, you know, she was one of the most effective people who were able to get people out of slavery and that did the Underground Railroad. But the way that what kept her motivated was this incredible judgment of this monster called slavery. Yes. So what's the difference between judging immoral behavior and the relational judgment that you're talking about that separates us from people? Of course, this was a fictional representation of her. But in this movie, what we loved is that she would be very righteous in that people would be saying it's too hard. 
it's too, too scary. dangerous and and trying to talk her out of things but what you could tell is she would look them straight in the eye and it wasn't a judgment of the individual there was no sense in this movie that she was mainly capturing her braveness and said i must go i need to do this and it was a way that you wanted to follow her. So she still had the righteousness in what felt right to her, what felt wrong to her, and what was her deep passion. And then she was able to have people follow her rather than her. She was condemning slavery, and she was condemning all acts of it, which gave her so much power to move forward, not in fear. It was a beautiful example of this, actually. Right, so in some ways, what you're maybe a distinction is... Like seeing what is and having a judgment of it, of something being immoral, like that it brings you more into connection with yourself and people versus the other way of judgment where that it's like, I don't know about you, but I would never do that. Oh, my God. I love where you're going with that, because half the time if we stay in self-righteousness, that's so non-relational, we don't move. We just stay in superiority. Where she did is her righteousness moved her into action. But then she was in a movement where oftentimes when you're in the only the self-righteous, you hear things like, well, at least I don't do this. Right, or you cut off. Like, they do that, so therefore I am not speaking to them, or whatever it is. Yeah, it's a cut off. It's a cut off. It's, it's actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this in a, in a loving way, because I do it too, it's a lazy man's way out. Yeah, that's true. Right, Be- because as long as we're self righteous, yeah, then we have a reason for not relating. We have a reason for leaving the relationship. We have a reason for cutting off. We have a reason for punishing, because we are right, and we're on the moral high road. So, right. So if we are right, we can move with that energy of without any relational to move to a relational connection. You can still say, "I feel really powerful about this. I really think you're in the wrong about this." So I still feel powerful, but I'm staying in the relationship to say, this is why, this is how it hits me. That's right. And, and to, to affect change. And then you stay in the relationship to affect change, not above it. And think about it. If you're just saying, at least I don't, then you're saying, okay, well, I'm comfortable. I don't love what I'm doing, but at least I'm not as bad as you. And there's, but I want to help you think about that as a self-protection, right? Like instead of just thinking critical, you're saying that because you're scared to do. You know, you're scared to move. In fact, that Harriet movie was a really great scenario because it was like other people saying, you can't do this and this and this, you're being ridiculous. And it was out of fear, out of good fear. Yeah, protection of her. Right, out of protection of her. Yeah, but but so it's it's getting from the fear and the righteousness into the relational. Right. And so tying that back to the red and the blue, this is just one particular example of a defense that can go in either direction, but that it takes us out of connection. Yes. Um, And again, we are separating that from pointing and seeing something that is evil or that is outside of human morality, child porn, for example. Exactly. What have you. So that the judgment gives us information to act but we're not going to stand back and roll our eyes and say, I can't believe people who watch child porn. Oh, my God, I would never do that. I love what you're saying, because if we just stay in self-righteousness, we can't easily about porn. But it is when we move to the fear, to the threat in us, that we move into action to do something about it. So you just can't live there. You visit there to motivate you and to inform you, but not staying. And so to kind of wrap this up, this is one element of an indication of insecurity. And that may be that we're in a state of insecurity. If we have a moment of judgment, that doesn't mean we're in an insecure attachment process. Or if you tend to find yourself living in a lot of either self-judgment 
or judgment of other people to recognize that. Right. Let's call out the self-judgment for just a second. (laughs) It's still maybe a lazy man's road, right? Because we've been down that road. Oh, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. I'm this, I'm that, right? It's nothing. You're not going to get, as we talked before about neuroplasticity, you're not going to get anything new. There's no new learning in that. It is just the same old automatic negative thoughts that take us out of connection. And so what you're advocating is to get back into connection. And so if I am doing something that I judge myself for, where that I have guilt, which is actually healthy, then by God, I better stop doing that thing that I feel guilty for. I love that. And you would have to move. If you move, move. if if you stay in self-loathing, it helps you unconsciously, sometimes subconsciously, sometimes even consciously lay in kind of the I can't do it state. That's right. Because I kind of sucker, I can't, I, I guess I can relate to that. I can remember sometimes laying there when I couldn't write a paper and I was just stuck and it was due in five hours and I just, uh, I just go into collapse. So you could stay there and not turn it in and just go, I can't do it. I suck. I'm not a writer. Eventually you have to go, okay, wait, you've just procrastinated like anything. And you got to move yourself more into the place out of self-criticism and into action. So I hope that everybody's feet is to the fire. (laughs) If we do this correctly with absolute huge love and massive, massive compassion, that we challenge everybody to just explore their ways of connecting, but also their ways of disconnecting. So we're calling out this particular habit that every human being has related to judgment and really differentiating it between you know, what is connecting to the world where that you can then act and do something versus as Anne's saying, do you just live there and use that as an excuse to disengage? It's sometimes hard not to live there. I think I can relate to that even politically. Sometimes I can get in a place where I feel really self-righteous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, self-righteous and, and angry and can feel that, and that is not going to get me in any kind of productive connection with all the people who have really good perspectives that are not exactly in line with mine, and yet have things to offer, and it's not going to be a way of actually connecting and making change and movement. Like, we can't only sit, the self-righteous is important to hit, but you can't live there and make change. Well, I also just like, you know, there's a difference between self-righteousness and judging something that is judgeable and calling it out for what it is. And that's not being self-righteous, it's just being honest. (laughs) So again, it's somewhat of a slippery slope, but I love us kind of pushing people against this notion of updating your maps and renewing your model of who you see yourself as and who you can be and how you see the world and what you expect from the world, that that's, how how do we grow, earn security this is part of it. So thank you, Anne, for this conversation on calling out this great example that I swear to you, if you're a listener out there and you think that you don't judge, I'm going to judge you because <laughs> <laughs> we all do it. So I love it. So how about this? Well, let's all do a little practice over this next week or so of just noticing, right? No, again, big love, lots of compassion, and just kind of have a little smile of humor when you catch yourself you know, thinking of people as idiots or whatever it is. And, you know, we're all pink inside. We're all in this together. So see how you can relate. That's right. That's right. Find your part. Find your version of what it is that you're judging. Yes. That's awesome. All right. So I uh, want to do a big shout out to our patrons. 
Thank you so very much. That's right. And if you want to join in, you go to patreon.com backslash therapist uncensored. We have this incredible community and you guys are the ones that are helping us be able to get this information out to the world at large, not just traditional psychotherapy people. And then also we have a course that we really, really are happy about. It is chock full. If you love this and you're still with us right now, you should really look at it. Therapistuncensored.com backslash. I think it's under backslash advanced course, but it's called It's Not Me, It's My Amygdala. That kind of sums up our judgment. That's right. Our judgment it's episode. Not, that's right. It's Not Me, It's My Amygdala. And it is chock full full of information, including even a fake case that we follow. We do offer three CEs for professionals, but it's for everybody. Anybody who wants to learn more about attachment and neurobiology and attachment schemas and all of that, then there you go. Sign it up. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll see you around the bend. Therapist Uncensored is Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott. This podcast is edited by Jack Anderson. 